0: Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney.
1: And I am Carl.
0: This is the Attack on Titan special event. In honor of the epic conclusion to the show that defines this generation of anime, we're reviewing every single episode of the final season. This week, we're reviewing episode 78, Two Brothers. As always, there'll be spoilers about anything that's happened in the Attack on Titan anime, so you've been warned. I have to admit... We always rewatch the episode right before we record so that it's fresh in our minds. And I actually was not looking forward to rewatching this one because of the emotion attached to it. Like, my heart just wasn't ready to rewatch this episode so soon.
1: I loved it. Um, just getting all the chills down my spine with every moment, every climactic moment in this episode. Um, obviously, the first watch through, we had very raw reactions but even on the second watch, um, the emotions just kept flooding back. Uh, even anticipating these moments, oh, it, I, I loved it.
0: Yeah, this was, to me, a masterpiece episode. And, and we'll dive all into that because, damn, I've got a lot of things to say. I'm sure you have a lot of things to say. Everyone had a lot of things to say. And I'm just like, how does it get better than this? I know it does get better than this at each episode as the story concludes is going to continue to get better and better just from what i've heard from manga readers but like how does it like how does it get better than this this was insane
1: yeah this episode set a very high standard for i think the rest of the season but yeah attack on titan never ceases to amaze me so i'm sure there are a couple more things up isayama's sleeve that'll still leave us with our breath or leave us breathless um, with the final. How many episodes are left?
0: Uh, this is seventy-eight. I don't know because we've been this counting them the other way around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think this is
1: episode four. Twelve. Yeah. So, uh, I'm doing math: <laughs> four plus four plus eight is twelve. So eight. <laughs> There's eight episodes left. Uh, but yeah. I'm sure those <laughs> those are gonna pack a serious punch as well. And of course, it's been great having these episodes and these review discussions for Attack on Titan to share with everyone listening out there. But we also wanted to highlight some of our friends at our fellow podcasts that are also doing Attack on Titan uh, review series. Uh, So definitely give them a listen. Uh, Some of the ones that we want to highlight are anime brothers, um, Otaku Melancholy, who (laughs) appropriately named their... Uh, review series a talk on titan Uh, otaku host club who has the review series road to paradise and anime headliners i believe on their youtube channel they are doing live reactions to each episode as they premiere as well as a review and discussion episode so definitely check it out Um, i've been listening to each of their episodes and it kind of gives you a nice holistic view of every episode how they break it down what they see, um, and it just helps kind of process every episode that you see and hope, maybe help you see some bits and pieces that you might have not noticed before.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think when you have so many eyes on the same show, you pick up on these small little details because as we know, no bit of dialogue, no bit of writing goes um, is, is without super importance in this show so it's it's fun to listen into to uh, our friends at those other podcasts where you know they pick up on something that we didn't even notice the first second or third time that you watch an episode um so yeah definitely check out our, our good friends at all of those podcasts because they've got some really good discussions going on um and it's great to to hear all of their thoughts on attack on titan And thank you again to everybody who has been rating us on Spotify. Um, It's been helping us a ton. If you're not familiar, you can rate podcasts on Spotify now on the apps. I don't think on the desktop. Um, So if you enjoy the podcast, if you're listening on Spotify, please consider leaving us a rating. It would would help us out tremendously.
1: And if you've listened this far, you're eligible to to rate us
0: yeah because i think the criteria is just 30 seconds of a podcast
1: so while you're listening to us just go ahead and head to the main page for strictly anime and just give us a a quick five stars or i don't want to influence your vote (laughs) give us however many stars you feel is appropriate but
0: um yeah every bit helps yeah you know a little tip tap just you know tap that that screen and and Leave us a rating um, if that's what you'd like to do. But regardless, we're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're listening in to this Attack on Titan special episode. Um, but one more quick thing. We have officially launched our Discord server for the Strictly series.
1: Ooh.
0: So if you're listening to our episodes here at Strictly Anime over at Strictly Jojo and you've got some hot burning takes or some, you know, big questions you wanna ask, if you wanna chat with us and basically continue the conversation after, you know, tuning into the podcast please join our Discord server so that you can connect with us um, and talk all about anime or JoJo or Attack on Titan or whatever other things you want to you wanna share with us or chat with us about. So the link to our Discord server will be in the show notes. Um, it's also all over our social media on Instagram, Twitter. Um, we've got a, a links page there where you can join the Discord server from that link. Um, and yeah, we hope to see you there. All right, so now into Attack on Titan, but let's backtrack a little bit. Let's take everyone back to our previous review episode um, where we had Brian from TV Trivia Pod on. And uh, let's talk about my flub with Levi's lore, with his backstory. So we got an email, and I'm just going to read this name verbatim from Fish NFT. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> who what said. <laughs> yes, Kenny is Levi's mom's brother. Levi is definitely an Ackerman. Um, I know a few others reached out to us as well to uh, correct my my incorrect lore around Levi and if whether or not he's an Ackerman. Because basically I, I thought for some reason that he was not confirmed to be an Ackerman because I thought that he was adopted by Kenny as like an orphan. But no, he had a mom. He had a mom. I watched the uh, the clips after this email hit our inbox, and I was like, oh, shit, you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah, so to clarify, uh, according to the Attack on Titan anime wiki, I want to clarify that it's the anime article. Um, Levi was born to Guchel Ackerman, who was Kenny Ackerman's younger sister. Um, she worked as a prostitute who was impregnated by one of her clients and so decided to keep the child, which... Can we now know as my boy Levi.
0: And thank God she decided to keep the child because that child is the savior of humanity.
1: <laughs> I guess the only lingering question I have from this is if the Ackerman f- bloodline uh, can inherit Titan powers because I think another thing that I read from the wiki and I kind of recall is that the Ackermans were basically just loyal to like the, the royal family. Up until a point where they had a falling out, um, so they're—I believe—they're immune to the founding Titan's powers. So, so I don't know—are if they
0: Eldian they... just special, or are they not Eldian at all?
1: Y- yeah, I don't know if they're just a a, a unique class of Eldian that's not affected by the founding Titan's powers. But I don't know if that also means they cannot inherit Titan's powers mm. or Titan powers, because obviously, right now Levi's status is unknown, and. We saw uh, we saw previously in Season 3 that we, they were able to save Armin by injecting him with the Titan serum, and then he was able to consume Beratot, and that kind of resurrected him. I don't know if that is a plan for Levi, but that's one question that I think is still out in the open, at least for me.
0: Yeah, and if anyone does know, no manga spoilers, please, anime only, if if you know of a moment that they kind of confirm that or maybe they didn't confirm it and you can you can confirm that with us um, join our discord let us know we have a, an attack on titan channel specific to the anime so that we can talk all about it um, without getting any manga spoilers and without spoiling other people who are not caught up on attack on titan
1: so yeah thanks fish nft and I, I think brian too from tv Trevor pod he he clarified this in the last episodes too so just want to confirm that brian you were right But thank you, everyone, for clarifying.
0: And speaking of Brian, he actually reached out to us um, after the episode went live and said, I was thinking as I was listening back again, I asked if Zeke would give Aaron control of the Founding Titan or, I guess, grant him royal blood. Courtney said no, and I think we have evidence for that because Aaron's dad got the Founding Titan by eating someone with royal blood, but he still couldn't use it. So Aaron eating Zeke also wouldn't do anything. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a good point. I didn't think about that because um what's his name grisha
1: grisha yeah grisha
0: like went through and ate all those people and then stomped on the children he (laughs) he, was thorough he ate frida who had the founding
1: time power and then just murked the rest of the family
0: (laughs) god um but yes so thank you for that that clarification that that added thought there brian we appreciate you um, so let's let's just let's get into it. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Holy shit, my brain is still exploding from what I just watched. Um, so take us through your synopsis.
1: All right, let's just dive head in, no pun intended, with Attack on Titan, the final season, episode 78, Two Brothers, Two brothers. Aaron Jaegermeister's Attack Titan continues to wobble, baby wobble. His way towards the fallen Zeke is Christ, while Porco Pig, Deathwish Reiner, and Peak the Putra do their best to bust his moves. In the scuffle, Porco Pig has a cascadas every time we touch moment with Reiner, giving him a recap episode on Reiner's rise to warrior status. With the situation growing dire, Zika's Christ preps his voice for a region rumbling death growl, but is stopped in his vocal tracks by Gung Ho Gabby and the Grice Brothers, imploring him to hold off for fear of losing Falco Punch's life. Seems like Zeke missed the part where that's his problem though, as his roar rings raucously throughout Shigan's Shonen Jump district, turning Falco Punch, Pikushisu, and the military officers with drinking problems into pure titans and Colt into pure coffee grounds. Zeke orders Falco to grant Deathwish Reiner his death wish by consuming the wielder of the armored titan, but Porco Pig emerges with his reverse facelift to offer up his porky persona as a meal for Falco instead as a last fuck you to his honorary Marlian adversary. Amidst the ruckus, the remnants of Levi's squad turn the fuck up and ram Thunderspears up the Marlian Force's asses, allowing Eren Jägermeister to tuck and roll out of his damaged attack titan body and link up with his beastly brother, until fucking gung-ho Gabby reverts to 100% bitch again and kappas the detate out of Eren's head, sending his consciousness into the Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Eren comes across a much older Zeke's Christ in the realm, bound by the literal and metaphorical shackles of King Fritz's vow, renouncing war. As an apparition of the founder Emir approaches, Zeke implores Eren to execute Operation Eldian Vasectomy with her power. But our pessimistic protagonist pulls through with the upset and tells Zeke to miss him with that bullshit and commands Emir to lend me your energy. But op. Looks like Emir only listens to people with royal blood, as Zeke's Christ pulls out an Uno reverse card and becomes a royal pain in the ass by anime scheming over Eren's anime scheming. Zeke turns our Jaegermeister into the Jaeger minion by chaining him down and literally goes head to head with his befuddled brother in a last ditch effort to brainwash him for good. Before we talk about this episode, I wanted to kind of give a like a a ratings perspective on this episode itself because i think on the imdb website that's the internet movie database um this episode was ranked 10 out of 10 a perfect score and there's only one other episode in the entirety of its database for tv shows that also got a 10 out of 10 and it was an episode of breaking bad called ozymandias
0: Oh, yeah. Both of us have not seen Breaking Bad, so I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So a
1: little bit of trivia for you there, but I also wanted to mention that there are three other Attack on Titan episodes um, on the top 10 list, or at least the highest rated episodes in IMDb, and they're all very pivotal episodes in the series. So it's only fitting that Two Brothers here also makes the list. Uh, The other three episodes were the episode Hero. Uh, that scored 9.9. 9. Um, this was the episode where Armin sacrifices himself to stop uh, Bertholdt's colossal titan.
0: Ooh, that was uh, season three, part two.
1: Yes. Um, and I think this was also from season three, part two, the episode Perfect Game that resulted in Erwin's death and the climactic fight between Levi and the Beast Titan. And then the fourth episode that made the top 10 is the episode "Senshi." or warrior, I think, is the translation. This was from episode two, and this was... Wait, the... episode two or season oh, two? Oh, sorry, season two. <laughs> I was like, huh? Uh, but this was the uh, the turning point in the series where Reiner reveals that he and Bertolt are the Armored and Colossal Titan. Oh, my
0: God. Still one of the most insane reveals in anime because yes. it was so subdued it was just like in the middle of a conversation some dudes like oh by the way by the way i'm the armored titan
1: yeah so uh this was c- compiled by forbes but you can probably see this list um again imdb's top 10 highest rated episodes ever um yeah so for attack on titan episodes there's actually three clone wars episodes which is interesting one from chernobyl which was the hbo i think miniseries and then one from mr robot so yeah, Attack on Titan is dominating, not just in the anime sphere, but just the the TV sphere as a whole.
0: As it should, as it absolutely should. I mean, I, I think, yeah, anime is its own thing, right? It's its own genre of media, but I don't think that should bar it from sitting with the best of the best if it truly deserves to be a part of the best of the best, and this does. Um, on MAL right now, it's scored an 898 um, it's ranked twelve out of um, the the highest ranked anime of all time. You're it's... talking
1: about part two, final yes, season. Yes, yeah, part final two. season
0: part two. Yeah, ranked twelve. It's 275 for popularity. Um, but uh, I, if it keeps this trajectory, I could see it competing with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood for that number one spot. And I think we all can predict that the second that this starts to creep up there, as we near the end of the the season, at the end of the the series, um, the Full Metal Alchemist fans who the army <laughs> who are less than honest about how this uh, mal rating works will probably you know one rating bomb the shit out of the final season part two to protect that coveted spot like. I don't know, you could have a conversation about this all day, but uh, my two cents is, like, if an, if an anime truly deserves that number one spot, don't go and, like, manipulate the scores, manipulate the data to keep your favorite anime up there. Like, you just got to bow out gracefully and accept not the defeat, but just that maybe, you know, you're the number two anime instead of the, the number one anime. And I'm not saying that this this final season part two is guaranteed to take that number one spot, but, I mean, it's pretty damn promising at this point.
1: I think you give the internet too much credit. I know. <laughs> in a perfect world. Yes, we would love everyone to have a an objective opinion about these shows, but <laughs> it's like
0: trying to to argue who's best waifu and be respectful at the same time. Right. Like those two things just don't go hand in hand. Um, but one can dream, right? One can dream. Who knows? Maybe Attack on Titan Final Season Part Two will be enough of a powerhouse where no amount of you know one rating bombs will stop it from reaching that number one point Um, but again I I don't want to get ahead of myself I'm just like speculating you know if if this happens because it it happened with Gintama the final it popped up on number Mm -hmm. one for a bit and then dropped down Um, happened to Fruits Basket the final season popped up on number one for a bit like a couple hours and then it popped back down Um, but that could also be just the ratings fluctuating as more people watch it and as more people rate it things will start to taper off or, or plateau or whatever you call it to kind of balance out a little bit mm-hmm. um but i just i want to see a, a fair score for attack on titan because it's it's making some major waves even outside of the the anime industry and i think that's pretty telling but with that said, holy shit, this episode was fucking fantastic. I had like 10 heart attacks watching it, and I had another 10 heart attacks watching it the second time, and I'll probably have another 10 heart attacks watching it every time in the future. It's This was so fucking good.
1: Yeah, my jaw titan hit the floor several <laughs> times throughout this episode, and I hate using the word hype to describe things because I think people just use it a little too facetiously sometimes but I'll be honest like this episode was seriously just hype as fuck
0: it was genuinely hype yeah Yeah. like it it was wow like it just to me the 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 execution here was phenomenal um and and props to the team at MAPA for bringing this this part of the story to life um I'm just I was thoroughly thoroughly impressed and what's interesting is in our last um special episode uh again with brian from tv trivia pod we talked about and kind of speculated who the title two brothers was really meant for um we were thinking of zeke and aaron but it could also be falco and colt but honestly there's a third set of brothers here which i wasn't expecting and that's porco and marcel and holy shit i mean just just looking at how well written the the title is or how well chosen the title is for this episode to to bring in six characters underneath this one title was I think it's just a, a taste of how well written Attack on Titan really is
1: yeah you could have called this episode six brothers <laughs> six <laughs> but, brothers <laughs> you know, I, I I love that there's so many layers that you can unpack with the episode being titled two brothers and as well and I always think of the I showed you like the Rick and Morty, um, it's like the the TV cable episode yeah. <laughs> where it was just an improv about this movie called Two Brothers, and I don't know why I thought of that specifically when I uh, heard the episode title, but I was expecting, and this is ju- me judging a book by its cover um, from watching the preview and just learning the episode title that this was just going to be a like a character focused episode. Whether it be about the two Jaeger brothers, about the or about the two uh, Grease brothers, Grease, Grice?
0: Grice, I think.
1: Yeah, Grease sounds like the the musical, so I'll go <laughs> Grace. Uh, and I was expecting, you know, those character focused moments to just be interspersed with at least one more episode of Aaron just doing his walking exercise towards Zeke, but this show just it it doesn't cease to amaze me like with the previous episode it just cuts right to the chase and I think it, it just propels the plot forward immediately in ways that I wasn't expecting
0: well here's what's great to your point is that it is kind of a character study or a character focused episode while also being a battle focused episode mm-hmm. like it, it and at no no point do either disrupt the other they flow so well together um, it was, again, just the execution here was phenomenal. And what's interesting is that you see a lot of love between the brothers except Aaron towards Zeke. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Colt and, and Falco will talk about that in a little bit. There's clearly love between these two brothers. Um, we get that confirmed love between Porco and Marcel. Or rather, Porco learns about his brother's love for him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that was kind of a, an open-ended thing from when we were first introduced to Porco was that he wasn't. He didn't know a lot about his brother. He had some memories, but I think there was still some some uh, ambiguity there in terms of their relationship. I could be wrong. Someone correct me if I if I um, am wrong there. But here it's like you you know Zeke cares about Aaron on some level, um, and Zeke believes that Aaron cares about him. Uh, but you have all this love going back and forth, except Aaron towards Zeke. So that almost makes me wonder what what is Aaron's true. Like, what are his true feelings about his brother? Does he care about his brother at all? Or does he find him to be a nuisance? Does he have some compassion towards his brother? Like, I'm just so curious because we've never really gotten that insight from Aaron before. And even further than that, after learning Aaron betrayed him, Zeke doesn't stop caring for his brother. He he thinks that he can still save his brother from their dad's brainwashing. Um, We get a little hint of that, too, in the preview for the next episode. So it's just... Aaron's the one, I mean, throughout this entire season that that has the most um, obscure, you know, thoughts about everything, and it's the same thing when it comes to Zeke.
1: Yeah, I just love this sort of interplay or this interpretation of who the titular two brothers are in this episode, and I think at the forefront it it is Zeke and Aaron because I think they dominate a lot of the plot of this episode, but just seeing their relationship in comparison to the relationship between falco and colt the relationship between um gal or porco and marcel porco's his name right
0: yeah i we always call him galliard but that's their last name so galliard and galliard (laughs) yeah sounds like a law firm
1: and i would say you can clearly see a, a brotherly love a sacrificial love between those latter two pairs i think with zeke and aaron they're, they kind of treat each other similarly where I don't, I don't see it as true sibling love, maybe more so on Zeke's end, um, just because he seems so desperate to break Aaron out of this sort of brainwashing that he thinks uh, their father Grisha had done on them. But I think their relationship is just more of them using each other for different means, or not, for different ends, um, so... Like as much as you can call them brothers, you don't really see that familial relationship. Like I, like I said, with that you see with um the, Greece, the Grice the brothers, or with the Galliard brothers.
0: Yeah, and we have to remember too that they're half brothers. Not that that would change, you know, the amount of brotherly love. It's just more so they lived very different lives because they had, you know, they they spent different times with with Grisha. They had different mothers and different settings and different upbringings. So. They're they're different in every aspect. I mean, even just physically, Zeke has blonde hair and Aaron is brunette. There's just so much contrast between the two of them. But the fact that they are blood related is is almost besides the whole Titan thing, the the royal blood and founding Titan thing. The blood relation is like the only thing bringing them together. Right. But as we get into this episode, um, we see a lot of the the battle continuing to take place. We see uh what's her face? Yelena just uh watching it all unfold. She she's... only
1: gets that one scene in this entire episode. And I'm, I'm kinda thankful for that.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just like, how is she how is she still alive? Like I know she's sitting all the way in the back, you know, the back row there watching from afar, but how is she still alive? Um but then we also see Armin almost get shot and I'm like, bruh, Armin, you would have been dead if it weren't for Mikasa. Like she she is Pulling mad weight for uh for the scouts as she always does. I mean that's no surprise. She's an Ackerman.
1: And I noticed this time around that yeah you know, she is carrying a majority of the thunder spears on her back just because of her her brute strength.
0: Yes, metaphorically and literally carrying the the weight for the team. Um and then we we pan back to what's going on with Reiner and Aaron. Reiner touches Porco, activating some of his brother's memories that he had never seen before. Um, and that confirms to Porco before his death that he actually was the more talented candidate, but his brother wanted to protect him. So it's confirming two things for Porco, if I recall Porco's backstory correctly. It's one, that his brother actually did care about him, regardless of whatever ambiguity there was in, in their relationship. And two, it's confirming that, yes, he actually was better than Reiner. Talent wise, candidate wise, because um, I know that they've had their rivalry since they were kids. So that I think was a nice way to give him closure. And I think that's, and that closure is what led him to make that self sacrifice.
1: Let's be honest, was Porco really any more effective than Ryan? I feel like his jaw, ta- jaw tighten got rocked so much of this <laughs> season. Back uh, when Aaron infiltrated Marley and then even throughout this battle I feel like Porco's only real like victory where he I guess was left unscathed was the initial fight um between the the Mideast nation and Marley the very first episode of the season um but I think it's just appropriate here that um (laughs) Porco just gets that one last fuck you moment um to shove it in Reiner's face and I think that's like that's just gonna send Reiner spiraling even more as he suffers from his identity crisis.
0: No, yeah, going back to what you are saying earlier, yeah, Porco sucks. Like he's <laughs> he's the the worst, uh, not not the worst Titan itself, but the worst person wielding a Titan. Like he mm-hmm. clearly, I don't I don't think he was meant to have the Jaw Titan. I think he maybe was meant to have the Armored Titan. That's probably where his his strengths um, best matched a, a Titan power. Um, but you know he was able to grab it from Emir, uh, and and you know he's doing the best he can, but it's not good enough. But I, I think I, I have to give mad mad props to Porco for that self-sacrificial moment, and I love that kind of his dying words were, "There's no denying it now. I was always better than you." Mm-hmm. And like Porco sacrificing himself for Reiner, I feel like was his way of. Being a good friend to Reiner, at least a good comrade, because they've been through a lot of shit together, despite them always being those rivals. He could have let Reiner die, but he he walked toward Falco as, you know, t- Falco was a titan, um, knowing that he couldn't regenerate fast enough to help as the jaw titan in this situation. Um, but like a, like a true rival, he was shit-talking Reiner all the way until his death.
1: And I want to bring this up really quick, because this was something that I... I think uh, it was a Reddit user that post or mentioned this um, in the episode discussion um, and in the anime subreddit. Is that Reiner has technically been saved by three different iterations of the Jaw Titan?
0: Yeah, he has. So, yeah,
1: the first one was Marcel saving him from being eaten by Emir when she was in her pure Titan form, and then it was Emir saving Reiner and Bertolt uh, from the Titans that Aaron had commanded to take them down when he punched. Uh, the dinah fritz's titan form yeah or her hand and then the third is obviously porco here saving reiner from being eaten by falco's titan
0: yeah that's like the the true meaning of the jaw titan is to keep reiner from <laughs> keep reiner alive <laughs> yeah keep him keep him uh keep him from getting his wish of wanting to die peacefully <laughs> it's just that that is a good point and you brought up an interesting thing going back to our discussion in the last episode with brian um, about Aaron being able to use the the royal blood without having it. Mm-hmm. So like in this episode, to jump around a little bit, in this episode, Zeke tells Aaron that he cannot command Emir because he does not have the royal blood. But then how was Aaron able to command the Titans using the founding Titan power back in that that arc where um, you re- remember when like, he wraps the scarf around, Mikasa's head, and then mm-hmm. they're about to get eaten by Zeke's mom, and then he like punches her, he like fist bumps her. Yeah. And that activates the founding titan power because she has royal blood, and then he can command the titans. So Aaron himself doesn't have royal blood. He just has the founding titan power, but he was still able to do that. So is Zeke bluffing right now in paths?
1: Okay, hold on. I- I'm trying to break down this question because it's 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 very Multifaceted. okay let me re
0: explain it so in this episode zeke tells aaron when they're in paths that he cannot command emir he being aaron aaron cannot command emir because emir mm-hmm. only responds to royal blood but the founding titan power is the key to activate all this stuff right but then right. in that episode where he aaron and mikasa almost get eaten um he fist bumps zeke's mom mm-hmm. who has royal blood Activating the Founding Titan power, and Eren is able to command all of those Titans to go after Reiner? Um, yeah. So he was able to do something with the Founding Titan power despite not having royal blood. But then here in Paths, Zeke is saying, you can't do anything with the Founding Titan power, at least in, in the terms of Emir, because you don't have royal blood. So is, is Zeke bluffing, or is the difference here that Eren founding titan wielder without royal blood can command other titans but he can't command emir because there's no royal blood in him.
1: I think it's the latter because he he doesn't come into contact with anyone when he commands emir. It's just him reaching out his hand and t- asking her to lend lend him her power, right? I think it's the royal blood aspect that um that is the key to all of this.
0: Okay, so the most that erin can do on his own is just command other titans.
1: Yeah, as, as long, long as, like, as like he
0: e high five Zeke,
1: right? Yeah, or you know, why isn't he just hold a blood bag full of like <laughs> Zeke's I know, blood. just stick his hand in yeah. a bunch of blood. <laughs> so I think like if if he were if he were to keep Zeke shackled in that moment, just put his hand on his shoulder and then ask Emir to lend him her power, I think she would have listened to him. Because I'm assuming it's gonna it works the same way as it did when. Aaron punched uh, Dinah Fritz's hand.
0: Okay, so basically, if Aaron and Zeke were standing in the middle of a bunch of titans and they high-fived each other, Aaron could command those titans, but that's the extent of what he can do with the founding titan power because he can't do anything with Ymir because he doesn't have royal blood.
1: Yeah, he can't do it on his own. He always needs some sort of contact with royal blood.
0: No, he he can't do anything because he's contacting Zeke in this moment, but is swerving him
1: oh uh, I guess yeah in realms itself
0: well that we don't know what's happening outside of it I'm just thinking yeah. like like what is the difference here right like to me the, the only difference I'm seeing is that Aaron can command Titans using the founding Titan power but he can't command Emir because he doesn't have royal blood and Zeke can only reach Emir and command her by touching Aaron.
1: So I think Erwin, er, Erwin, Erwin. <laughs> Aaron would have to manipulate Zeke.
0: He basically had to say, Zeke, please command her to do X, yeah. Y, Z. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I hope we get clarity on that and a lot of other things in these next couple of episodes. Um, but that just popped into my head as you were talking about the episode where Ymir saves Reiner. So anyway, <laughs> sorry for that tangent, but I think it's a relevant tangent. Um, In this moment. So going back to Reiner, he gets saved by three separate jaw titans because fate will not let him die. Isayama will not let him die. (laughs) (laughs) No one will let him die. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then backtracking a little bit here uh, to the earlier part of the episode. um, I knew it. I knew that Zeke wouldn't let Falco's fate stop him from screaming. I think I mentioned that in like an episode or two ago. I
1: think it was the last episode. I was
0: like, I don't I don't think that's Zeke. like he's not gonna do that. Look how far the guy's come just to try and achieve his goal.
1: Right. I think he's so like his he has tunnel vision with this whole LDN euthanization plan that I don't think him f- realizing that Falco has some of his his spinal fluid gonna stop him because his whole point is to exterminate the eldian race like at this point falco is part of that extermination
0: yeah yeah i I think it was um i think it was a little bit foolish on gabby and colt's side to think like oh if we go talk to to this guy it'll work i mean he literally betrayed you (laughs) i don't understand why you think this would work but Who knows? Um, I I thought it was great, though, that they gave us that short moment where Aaron reached out and was like, wait, right? When he realized he was about to scream. That, I think, is super minor but incredibly important, um, despite the fact that Aaron confirms with us later in the episode what his true plans are. Mm -hmm. This is another important moment to remind us of who Aaron really is. And we've been speculating it that his true nature hasn't really gone away, but that just kind of helped reinforce that.
1: Yeah, I think that was one of... Three major tells in this episode about Aaron's real intentions, because uh, it was very deliberate that they showed it, um, and so it, it that was definitely a clue as to finding out whether or not Aaron agreed with Zeke's plan.
0: Yeah, uh, and this this whole this whole sequence of everybody changing into Titans as Zeke is screaming is one of the two crazy sequences that we get in this episode. So Zeke kind of. Baits you a little bit thinking, you know, he may reconsider screaming. And then you get the slow-mo shots of Falco and everyone turning into titans. And it is just excruciating to have to watch, especially the Falco part, because he looks so small and Mm -hmm. innocent in Colt's arms. And it's just and right before the slow-mo shots happen, Falco is begging Colt to get away. And Colt refuses, saying that he'll protect him and just grabs him in his arms. And watching all of that gave me some intense chills oh my god and then in the last episode i did question how pixies is still alive uh well he died so <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> well if you notice
1: like his his last uh, bit of action was him drinking from yeah. a bottle
0: <laughs> you know um, what he's <laughs> a man that sticks to his convictions i guess
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah i'm thinking about this now um with zeke just pushing the button and going ahead with the roar it reminds me of that um, walking dead moment if you remember uh, the governor and herschel you remember that scene uh, i don't want to spoil it for people but it this kind of has that same impact where you you think someone is going to have a change of heart and they're like nah
0: oh okay yeah, i remember that that show is like in the depths of my my memory yeah <laughs> but
1: i guess in both cases as here like falco is the symbol of he's just a symbol of pure innocence. Like he's probably the only character so far in this season and maybe the entire series that has like a a true heart of gold and to see like Zeke kind of throw that away and just have him transform into a titan, it's like seeing the death of innocence.
0: Yeah, and I think that's another piece of intentional writing here is, Isayama could have picked any character to be the one that, that drank the, the spinal fluid, but because it's Falco, like you said, like he's best boy. He is the only character in this show, at least in my eyes, that is completely pure. Um, because it's that character that Zeke just refuses to to save and just sacrifices with little hesitation, I think that amplifies how fucked up Zeke is. And that just makes you... Because I think before this, you know, throughout part one of the final season, we were kind of on the fence like, okay, I I can see some redeeming qualities about Zeke. But it was this moment that made me think like, fuck that guy, okay? Mm -hmm. This is like when Reiner dropped that bomb on us about being the armor titan. I was like, fuck that guy. He betrayed us. Um, This is that moment for Zeke. I'm like, I can't. I don't think... I don't think he can be redeemed after her best oh, yeah. boy, Falco. He is
1: beyond salvation at this point. And, um, and to
0: add insult to injury, it was so fucked up how command- how Zeke commanded Falco by name. He was like, Falco, go get him. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Look, you're still acknowledging who he is or was before you turned him into a titan. Like maybe he, in a literal sense, he needed to do that so that Falco knew that he was the one being commanded. But he, did- I don't think he has to. He probably could have just said, go get him. And like you know, through the the Titan powers, like the right Titan would have been commanded, but he had to go and say Falco. Like he still is acknowledging who he is.
1: I think he said it with a tinge of guilt because I, I think Zeke still cared about Falco, but he he obviously cares more about his his mission. Um, but Falco's fate wasn't something that he had considered would be tainted, um by by his own spinal fluid. Um, so that you can tell like there's a little bit of of shame in him commanding falco to go attack reiner
0: that's true i could I, you're right and when you listen to the way he delivers that line and the look on his face because he's looking downward right are um, he's downcast yeah that's a good point
1: uh, yeah just to comment on like it's just so heartbreaking to see that the the episode dwindles on the the characters that are affected by zeke's spinal fluid like you, you see their veins kind of or like their skin kind of glows and you see their veins um also glowing, like, red and blue or whatever. Um, just, it's the last moments of humanity, and, like, the soul just wants you to focus on it. And it, it's especially heartbreaking for Falco, but even for characters like Nile and, and Pixis, as we mentioned, these characters that we've seen throughout the seasons, even though I didn't know Nile by name until this season. <laughs> um, it was just, it was just heart-wrenching. Um, and I have to call out that this is probably the first first time this season besides when they were falling from the sky in the first episode that you see pure titans again as these terrifying threats um once they all transform you get the shot of the the marlian soldiers
0: oh wait we did see them when levi was chasing zeke oh right they, they, all those guys changed
1: i guess the, the first <laughs> the first time you see them as terrifying threats in Shiganshina again <laughs> oh yeah
0: we've come full circle <laughs> and
1: yeah even the way that the the, the soldiers that the two marlian soldiers on the roof were kind of peering through the mist um kind of veiling these titans and then them going into full blown like dinner mode dinner mode <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was just an, i guess a nice callback to how we used to view these titans just as these giant dangerous creatures and music wise i love that you hear the return of the choral motif um, I think from the first season of Attack on Titan, it's the, the theme is called Attack on Titan itself. I think it's like the suite. Um, there's also another song on the soundtrack. They call it XL hyphen TT.
0: Extra large Titan, Titan. T- tits. <laughs> no, I think it's just extra oh large Titan, uh,
1: but there's this distinct chorus melody um, that you hear and it, it they bring it back once you see all of these uh, military officers in their titan forms and it just it magnifies the the majesty of this moment and the the terror of the moment
0: can we also give props to mappa on the way they animate the transformations from human to titan this is the first season we're actually seeing that happen right
1: you mean the flashes of light
0: just like everyone glowing yellow and oh, their veins yeah. popping out and <laughs> then like boom they're a titan like they i feel like when when we got Transformations before, they were conveniently like clouded by, you know, dust clouds or maybe behind a building or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't recall ever getting that from the Wit Studio days of Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this was prevalent in the manga, but just the fact that MAPPA is not only giving us a, a, an intimate look into what actually happens... Um, when a human turns into a titan but giving us that in slow-mo shots multiple times thinking back to like aaron turning into the attack titan from the first part of the season yeah and like reiner turning around to try and run away like it's kind of cool i think it's it's really really cool it's kind of like the moment where aaron ate the warhammer titan and all you get is a shot of his eyes and his eyes just pulse that's it because it's like those small details where you wonder like what actually happens when these things occur? What happens when someone eats another Titan and gains that power? Like, do they have like a major transformation? Or, you know, what actually happens when someone moves from Eldian to, to Titan? Like, what does that look like? I appreciate that level of detail. It, it helps with world building.
1: I feel like in the Witch Studio, uh, in the Witch Studio seasons, you just mostly saw like flashes of like thunder surrounding the titan wielders and then there was a detailed shot of aaron transforming mid-air into the attack titan when he was attacking reiner um but yeah i think they went or mapa went balls to the wall in really emphasizing the transformation for this season
0: yeah um it's just i I don't know i think that's just them taking the 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 knife that they stabbed us in the gut with full of emotions and then like pressing it in further just watching poor poor baby falco getting turned into a really freaky looking titan like that's another thing too his titan could have just looked kind of like a a weird looking person but it actually had some freaky elements to it the long neck the claw-like fingernails the huge fucking mouth like they turned this precious boy (laughs) into this ugly ass titan
1: well, I guess they compensated for his short stature. So.
0: <laughs> um, but let's let's go back to Falco, like poor best boy Falco. Not only is he a titan, but you know, now that he's consumed porco he's going to wake up and realize that he killed galliard or, or porco um, and his own brother colt and that is going to be very hard for him to handle despite it not being his his fault directly because that's that's falco's nature i mean th- look at look at how heavy of uh, of guilt he experienced when he realized that he was indirectly helping Aaron send those letters like that weighed on him very heavily um, I can only imagine mentally what he's going to go through when he wakes up a human again.
1: Yeah, I wonder if this is going to set him over the edge. Although, again, with you mentioning him indirectly helping Aaron, he still, he, he still maintained his heart of gold. But, yeah, having two deaths at his own hands indirectly, um, I don't know how that's going to affect his his mental state.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I brace for impact with with Falco, and, and he
1: has now he has only thirteen years to live.
0: Oh yeah, that's right, he's got a contract. Oh poor Falco. Um, also poor Reiner, so close to getting his wish granted of finally dying, but I will say he seemed a bit hesitant this time. Um, as uh, Titan Falco was chomping down on his neck, you could kind of see him questioning, like, is this it? I'm going to die? Like, do I just let him do this? Versus like, thank the Lord, please eat me. (laughs) Take me away from this shitty situation. I think Reiner is still on the fence about, like, his own, like, what he wants from his own life and how he wants to kind of close out his own story. Um, Because I, I think he realizes that, the people he wronged are not bad people.
1: Yeah, I'm still not clear as to what Reiner's goal in all of this. I think, as I mentioned before, he is just suffering from this identity crisis. He doesn't know his place in the world or even in this war. I don't know what he thinks is the right outcome for the Eldians. It seems like he would want to further their subjugation under Marley rather than them being recognized as the the devils of the world. But... Yeah, I think he's he's being held out for something else down the road. And you've mentioned that, or you've theorized that he's going to have some sort of redemption arc where he finally finds his purpose, whether that's in sa- or helping save the Eldians or against them. I don't know. But yeah, it's just Reiner is this, in this constant limbo, and I... I just want to see this guy die with some sense of purpose, I guess.
0: <laughs> he would also like to see himself die. <laughs> well, I think
1: here he was just willing to die for like no reason, I feel.
0: Well, I think it was like a combination of like, do I finally get my wish granted and get out of this shitty situation? S- situation? And also like, if I die, Falco lives. And mm. you know what? I have to say, Reiner... Despite not even being sure of his own actions and goals, like he is carrying some mad weight in this fight, like he he even questions, like seriously, I have to be the one to end good boy, uh, best boy Falco. Like he is holding back Aaron single handedly throughout this entire battle over the last couple of episodes because Porco can't do shit, and then he's trying to get Porco back into action after he gets wrecked by Aaron for the hundredth, hundredth time, um, and now he's trying to stop Falco. And thinks he has to kill poor Falco while also pinning Aaron down and and has to make the decision between do I kill Falco or do I keep Aaron from reaching um, fucking Zeke? Like Reiner is just constantly being tested and constantly being put through a lot of shit. And I was mad at him for betraying the scouts. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I've said before, I I do feel for him and I feel like I want him to win. Now, I don't know what winning means, but I want him to just have a, a W.
1: I'm also concerned or questioning, this kind of leaves it open-ended as to who is going to inherit his armored titan, because Colt's out of the picture, although Colt was supposed to get the beast titan, um, Gabby's still around, although she got blown back by the the, the recoil from the rifle. Um,
0: but can't she even turn into a titan? They don't have any serum. Well... Elvians don't have any serum
1: left. <laughs> they have the wine somewhere. Oh, yeah, in you're the, right. Stored in the it. chef Nicolo's restaurant.
0: Well, speaking of Gabby, um, fuck, fuck Gabby, her. <laughs> fuck Gabby. Uh, I think the biggest threat to humanity is not the Titans. It's Gabby. How many people have died by her hands, both directly and indirectly, up until this point? Since the moment she was introduced in this show to now, like she has just been a fucking menace. And I'm going to say it straight up, it is her fault 100% that poor baby Falco got turned into a titan, that Colt got roasted and is all crispy as fuck, and that Porco got turned into lunch. Like, her actions are so shitty that they have this, like, domino effect on other people. Even if she doesn't directly do something to someone, she just creates, like, this, this this effect that just takes down everyone around her. It's its kind of crazy. It, it's a little impressive too, I have to say.
1: <laughs> I don't I, I just, it makes me sick to my stomach that the previous episode I gave her some credit and applauded her epiphany moment and her acceptance of the truth that like the Eldians of Paradise are no different than the sequestered Eldians in Marley. And then she pulls this shit that just makes us, Loathe her all over again, and she just lost her credibility in one fell swoop by taking that shot, much like she took the shot that that killed Sasha. Um, I think it's her. It's her. It's Gabby resorting to the only thing that she knows best, which is just being this ruthless product of war.
0: Um. Yeah, I cannot believe that the one person in this entire story to technically successfully kill Aaron Yeager. Is Gabby? What the fuck? Not even that Titan that ate Aaron in the beginning of of the story in season one could technically kill Aaron. It just chopped his arm off. Mm-hmm. Gabby, Gabby is the one person who's able to kill Aaron legitimately. That is crazy to Maybe me.
1: Maybe it's poetic because they they did ha- share the same personality. But yeah, I, I can't believe it was her.
0: Yeah, and I mean, her karma before that, I guess, is uh, her having to watch her future husband try to eat her cousin because of her actions. So I don't know, like karma will get her for this one too. Karma continues to get her, but it can't stop her, I think. She just keeps going for some reason. She just needs she to keeps throw moving in the towel. forward. Yeah, she keeps moving forward. God damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, but speaking of keep moving forward, Aaron, surprises us all with that gymnast tuck and roll out of the Titans uh, the attack Titans body that was kind of funny when I saw that the first time I was like oh he just popped out of there (laughs) like like a chick out of an egg
1: (laughs) I love the shot of him running as the scouts come to his aid like he's running towards Zeke and you see them flying across uh the, the top of the roofs um just aiding him even though they know that indirectly like they don't know at this point like what Aaron's true intentions are but they they're still willing to help him just just because Aaron's been their friend.
0: Can you? Um, not can I? Can you? I'm trying to. How do I want to word this? I am surprised, and I'm wondering why Armin and Mikasa decided to go after um, Peak, and have Connie and John go help Aaron because you think the normal path, you know, for for writing would be to send. The, uh, the, the two of the main trio to help their their friend, their protagonist, and then send Connie and John to go take out the, uh, you know, the the Cart Titan. My one thought is that maybe it's because Mikasa is the only one that can carry that many Thunder Spears.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I was surprised that, that those two decided to go after Peak, and then Connie and John went to go help Aaron. And I, I wonder if that's intentional. Most likely it is, because this is Isayama we're talking about um but you know i'm just wondering with the next episode that brings us back into what's happening in this battle if uh if if that's going to play into there like i feel like there's this constant separation of mikasa and armin from eren all the time like mentally and physically
1: i think the way i look at it is here it's kind of symbolizing mikasa taking it to heart that she needs to be independent from eren oh that's um, a good point right because that was the whole thing with, with their, their conversation at Nicolo's restaurant, and her taking off the scarf in the previous was it the previous episode or two episodes ago?
0: Uh, oh, two, two episodes because before they joined the battle. Yeah. Oh wait. Or, no, I no know. Know. no no not last episode. No, wait, no, that,
1: <laughs> I, yeah, last episode. Um, and I think they're probably the only. Armin and Mikasa compared to Connie and John, although maybe John would hold his own, they're probably the only formidable ones of the four of them that are left to take down the Cart Titan. And I was just excited because you got Mikasa versus Peek, the two black-haired girls going after
0: (laughs) The two uh, waifus going after each other. Right, although
1: (laughs) I have my personal preference. um, And I just loved seeing that backwards slice and dice that Mikasa did oh that was cool yeah it was nice seeing her in her full attack form like not being hampered down by the things that Aaron said just just her doing what she does
0: best um but like why is flock still alive why is he he's like the only one that's still alive from this eager squad that went after peak he's like that cockroach that you just can't kill no matter how many times you stomp on it um, but I do find it funny that his Jaegerus team couldn't do shit against Peek's yeah. team. And then Mikasa and Armin show up and immediately give them hell. Like, they're like, get out of the way, kids. The adults are here. We'll handle it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why Flock is still alive, but Pixies is now dead. So that that's kind of a crime.
1: Fuck Flock, too. <laughs> <laughs> the guy needs to just get out of here.
0: <laughs> um, I also really appreciated that Zeke used Peek's move from the previous episode, pretending to have died. That was, that was pretty good. That was,
1: no, you know, that's Peak's karma too. It, it kind of is like, that was an
0: immediate kind of just like slap to the face for Peak, Like, oh, well, you gave me a good idea to uh, help me reach my end goal. Um, but yeah, so now we get into the part of the episode that, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think is the second of the two intense moments, the the really well done, um, you know, sequences in this episode.
1: Well, before you're talking about the, the realm of the paths?
0: No. Oh. right before that like okay. aaron running and getting his head yeah, blown yeah. off, is that where you're at or yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> so yeah we get the you know aaron doing the gymnast moves and running towards um zeke you get the slow this is when the slow-mo start he looks to his right gabby blows his head off as she does with everybody um and just from that moment up until the fucking commercial break the the eye catch was just brilliant to me as the moment that everyone turned into Titans when Zeke screamed. You got these slow-mo shots, the panning, the still shots. Like, the the animation direction in this episode alone was completely insane to me and just so well-crafted. Seeing all of these characters and what's going on around them at the exact same moment, because you get shots of, like, Mika-san Armin going uh, after Peak, and then Connie and John, you know, helping Aaron out or whatever and just Titans eating... Um, some of the Marlian soldiers, it's like everyone has their specific place and it's very intentional where they're at as, you know, this critical moment happens where Zeke was able to catch Aaron's head. And I think it's intentional too that they're showing us these shots of where certain people are because in this moment I was thinking, oh shit, who's around that can actually help in this situation? And they show you Mikas on army and they're like, no, they're too fucking far away. They can't mm-hmm. do shit. Where are some of the other soldiers? Oh, they're titans or they're being eaten by titans. Like no one's here that can help. It's literally fate playing um, playing its cards in this moment.
1: You can argue that Connie and John are the closest, but I think they're moving away from Aaron because they're looking back at when his head was shot off. Yeah. But yeah, it's just Aaron by himself and it's only Zeke that's, I guess he's technically the closest to Aaron because he grabs his head. Uh, but yeah, I just loved the the cinematography in this moment. Um, where it's it's toki wo tomare, right <laughs> Yeah <laughs> um, And it just like you said it allows you to see where all these characters are, what they're doing and even the shot I think after this after the eye catch, um, it's also like I just want to point out how interesting it is that you would think Aaron's head being shot off would be the cliffhanger for the entire episode, but it's actually the cliffhanger for the middle of the episode.
0: Yeah, um, I appreciate that because these cliffhangers in Attack on Titan are brutal, like yeah. more brutal than Code Geass cliffhangers. Um, but I I saw briefly in like a, a thread for this episode, someone mentioned that the manga readers, and someone correct me if I'm wrong here, but the manga readers apparently had to wait after Aaron's head got shot off. I think the chapter ended with his head getting blown off, and then they had to wait several weeks for the next chapter to be released. And I'm like, so thankful to be an anime person at this moment because I don't know how they could be that incredibly patient. Um, right. If it's if that's what actually happened. Um, like I said, if someone knows how that all unfolded, please let me know. I was too scared to Google it because I didn't want any spoilers. Um, but if that is what happened, props to you guys, manga readers, because that that's a brutal, brutal cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, but thankfully... It's just the middle of the episode here and then we get into the realms or the realm of paths. Um, but yeah, I, again, I just want to highlight the cinematography of this moment where you're focusing on these characters and then after the eye catch and I think after the flashback with Aaron and Zeke, um, you have the cameras moving through the middle of the street where all the action is happening. Um, and you have like this very eerie music and it's, I, I hear like this sort of the shell sock, shell shock sound effect um as you're looking at these different scenes of the battle in this district it reminded me of the opening of saving private ryan um the world war ii movie where it opens with d-day and you have tom hanks's character looking around him as he's experiencing shell shock and watching the carnage around him same thing here we're bearing witness to the magnitude of carnage that has happened with this battle in the district, and I think it's the show wanting to focus on it a little bit more right before we go into the realm of paths, so that we can realize just the cost of this this endless brutality and carnage, and the the decision that Aaron and Zeke have to make in the realms, in the realm of paths, to to put a stop to this. Uh I I do want to mention that the the moving camera effect felt a little bit like watching like a looking at a pop-up book.
0: Yeah, I thought of that too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I guess this is kind of stupid. It also reminded me of the first ED for JoJo Part 4 where it's going through Moriocho. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then you have the characters <laughs> popping up, but um even though that kind of felt wonky, I just yeah, just loved the the shots that they did for this moment.
0: Yeah, and you bring up good points. I mean, there are a lot of differences between how Wit Studio um, you know, portrayed Attack on Titan versus how Mappa is doing it. And I think one of the biggest differences, one of, one of the most, the, the starkest contrast, the, the most stark contrast. The starkest, the Tony starkest <laughs> contrast. <Yeah. laughs> is the the way they portray battles. I think Wit Studio, and I've mentioned this before, I think Wit Studio takes a more um, grand And very uh, beautiful approach to battles. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a spectacle. But Mappa in this last season just shows straight up brutality. Like it's more realistic. Um, And it could be because you've got less um, ODM gear at play. But even when there is ODM gear at play, like there's a shot in this particular episode where Armin realizes, oh, we have to go deal with the Cart Titan. And you see Mikasa and Armin like fly along the buildings. And Mika's got, like, the thunder spears on her back. But I noticed, I was kind of disappointed in that particular shot because it's literally just them moving forward. And we Mm -hmm. know that's not how the ODM gear really works. It's kind of like Spider-Man where you gotta have to, like, swing a little bit to get that momentum. And I just felt like it was a very, I hate to say lazy because none of this is lazy, but I can't think of a better word at this moment. So for lack of a better term, it felt like a lazy shot where that could have been, like, a sweeping motion and looked a little more, like, uh, elegant. But it was just them, like like, moving the characters. Like, if you took it on a screen and just, like, dragged it across, <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. Um, so I feel like you're losing some of that that grandness in the fights, but you're getting much more, much more, like, brutality, much more realism, much more of an honest um, battle at play here. And it just is a huge gut punch when you watch it. So after the eye catch, um, we get the flashback, which is, I think, basically a, a replay of the exact same discussion that Aaron and Zeke had when we had another flashback of it happen. In part one. Yeah. And the first time you watch it, you're almost convinced, as Zeke is in that moment, that Aaron has turned antagonist and agrees with Zeke and his plan. Uh, But this time around, you're watching the exact same scene, but you're seeing it from a completely different light when you realize that Aaron's plan is not what he said it was like he's not aligned at all to what zeke wants to do
1: i think it's the same exact scene as what we saw in part one i think it was the penultimate episode of part one where it was a flashback to zeke's memories the only thing that was different here is with the oh that's a baseball where (laughs) i'm pretty sure in the previous flashback episode you just see the baseball being or Zeke throwing the baseball to Aaron midair and then it cuts. Here we see the full context of the scene and it's Aaron dropping the baseball. And this is the second major tell about Aaron's real intentions with what he wants to do with the founding Titan power because it, the ball drops to the ground and Aaron just plays it off as oh, this hospital or staying in this hospital has made me sluggish.
0: Yeah, and that would have been so showing us in the first half of the season, showing us the the ball dropping um, moment. I think would have been great foreshadowing, but it would have been it would have ruined the story. I think mm-hmm. I think that would have been too heavy handed in terms of foreshadowing. So I think it's absolutely brilliant that they're giving us literally the exact same scene twice, but forcing us to see it from completely different angles. Now, um, it's kind of si- similar to. Uh, the scene where, so when Aaron is telling Mikasa, I think, um, all that shit about, you know, you're a slave to the Ackerman blood, blah, blah, blah. You get um, a revisiting to the, the scene from season one where Aaron saves her and then she activates her Ackerman powers and stabs those criminals. In season one, it's portrayed as very triumphant. They were able to, you know, survive that attack. They became friends. But you're seeing the same thing happen in season four. as She's recalling that moment. But you're now viewing it from a very different lens or through Mm -hmm. a very different lens where you're like, that's kind of fucked up. There's something bad going on here, like uh, the underlying context. So I think the uh, whether it's Isayama or if it's a creative, you know, creative decision by MAPA to give us these same scenes, but but force us to view them in different ways either way it's it's brilliant to me and I I really appreciated it
1: I think that's like a recurring theme for this season is is perspective because even with the first part we were seeing things from the perspective of the honorary honorary Marlians, and now we're shifting back to the perspective basically of Paradise's Eldians but it, it makes you question whose side you're really on or who who holds the real, real truth in the world
0: yeah my brain is just fucked up watching this show <laughs> a lot of thinking to be done here um but we are finally introduced to officially anyway to emir we learn about paths through zeke's uh, monologue that he's got
1: can i before we talk about oh. that can we talk about that that dream entrance sequence
0: oh yeah yeah with all the flashing images and i was yeah. like the fuck are my <laughs> eyes viewing right now
1: first off What's with MAPPA and just these really gorgeous eye animations? Yeah. Right? The first time I can recall of this is Gojo when he, spoiler alert, reveals his eye in Jujutsu Kaisen.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that was more, I think, for simping purposes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is a a shot for (laughs) shot from the manga, but I think the beauty behind what's happening there is more for for simping. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then here in Attack on Titan, you get a focus on, I believe it's Eren's eyes because they're green. Um, and it's just a really detailed shot of like the what do you call it the iris the colored part of the of the eye mm-hmm. and then you have all of these memories that weave in and out um, the first of which I want to call out is a shot of the young Mikasa and I took it as symbolizing that Erin really does care about her
0: he better fucking care about her (laughs) holy shit if there's one thing i will be upset by is if aaron actually does hate mikasa i will i will Mm. be so so upset
1: yeah so i guess you could consider that a tell to that the things that he was saying to her although they seem true that's not really what aaron feels about mikasa um and i want to say the other part or the other memories i guess they're memories that flash by you see reiner you see Grisha's younger sister, Faye, the one that was mauled by those by the dogs. Um, Frida Rice, who was the wielder of the Founding Titan before Grisha took it from her. Um, I think you see a previous wielder of the Colossal Titan. Um, I don't know if they were ever even mentioned. Like, not Berthold, but the one before it. I don't know. Because it transitions kind of seamlessly into a shot of young Armin um, after that. So that... Might need some clarification Um, if someone has religiously watched this sequence. I I watched it, like, pausing (laughs) on my uh, computer every time just to see these figures. Um, Get a shot of the Rice family and several other characters. uh, The Colossal Titans grand entrance all the way back in season one. And then uh, a shot of the basement key that Aaron wore as a necklace that he got from Grisha when he was younger. There's one interesting reference. Uh, this is an Easter egg reference, I wanna say. And that is a fleeting shot of who the manga community are calling Goth Mikasa and Nerd Armin.
0: What the fuck? <laughs> and this
1: is not this is not manga spoilers, because I, I talked to one of my friends and he confirmed it. Um so I think these are characters from the Attack on Titan Junior High series oh i
0: forgot about <laughs> that thing yeah
1: yeah so if you want to look it up it's just it, it's it's just funny it's a shot of mika's and she is dressed up in in goth gear she's got like she kind of looks like misa from uh death note um <laughs> she's got like the choker on like the the dark wait send eyeshadow. this to me. i'm scared to google it yeah um yeah i'll send it to you send it in the Arch. discord um yeah. I don't have the Discord pulled up, so. Oh, okay.
0: Send wait, we'll we'll post it. Okay, how about this? Send it to me in iMessage, and then mm-hmm. we're going to post this in our Discord server um, when we share this episode when it goes live on Wednesday. Um, yeah. So for anyone who's in the Discord or wants to join the Discord, if you want to see that, we'll post it in the Attack on Titan chat.
1: Yeah. So I what I just messaged Courtney is a shot, the fleeting shot of. Again, Goth Mikasa oh and nerd Armin God. in the anime, and then the reference uh, in the I want to say this is the junior high manga because um, yeah, it's Mikasa dolled up in Goth makeup and and clothing, and then it's Armin <laughs> wearing like a the the typical like nerdy glasses um, and a, it looks like a a t shirt as well, and I think. This was also featured in the manga proper for attack on Titan um, I want to say it's the they do use shards of glass as the as the memory sequence in the manga for this part in the anime where it's just like the floating through time or whatever um, and in on one of the shards you can see again you can see the Goth Mikasa and nerd Armin.
0: That's so funny. I love the emoji on his his shirt. (laughs) I want that shirt. I I love this because Attack on Titan is fucking amazing, but it's also a very fucking serious show. However, Isayama, I feel like, doesn't take it too seriously because we've seen Freddie Mercury Titan. We've seen um, other fucking weird Titans based off of people. But the fact that they, whether it was him or Mappa making this call, added that nod in this to you know, this, this manga I think is, is great. Honestly, I, I think that, um, that to me helps us remember that there are like real people working on this who have you know great sense of humor and just love what they do being able to be a, p- a part of attack on titan to the point where they'll even acknowledge goth mikasa and nerdy army yeah. in the final <laughs> season one of them in one of the most intense episodes right. that we've ever gotten like that's that's awesome <laughs> it's like
1: finding a hidden mickey in a disney theme park yeah
0: <laughs> this is great yeah we'll post this on uh, in the discord server um when this episode goes live Man, I- I'm glad that you took the time to do a a scene-by-scene a scene or a frame-by-frame frame on that uh, that whole sequence because that well, was a lot to like look Like you
1: said, no detail in Attack on Titan should be left unturned, even if it's a stupid Easter egg like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was there anything else from those shots that, that's uh, noteworthy? I saw some things that I remembered and some things that I didn't remember, probably just because there's a lot of lore to remember, but anything else that, that stood out?
1: Um. No, like I said, it's just shots of characters either from past memories. Um, I know, I th- think there was, th- they featured the Rice family, um, although they're obviously drawn in Mappa style this time around instead of in their Witch Studio style back in season three. Um, I guess the only thing was I noticed again, like the bird symbolism, there was an eagle that. Was featured as one of the visions that Aaron sees. So,
0: and during the slow mo shots of the battlefield, you do right. see like the birds flying and everything. Like, there's this like symbolism around freedom um, that you get in the ED, that you get throughout the season, that you get with Aaron. Um, it all kind of ties into that. All right, so going back to Paths and Ymir, um, man, Aaron got straight up swerved by Emir, Like, that was so anticlimactic, but in the, the best way. And it wasn't cringy either. Like, it, it was pretty surprising, but it was just kind of funny when you think about it. It's this Aaron Yeager we're talking about. The guy's gotten, like, everything he wanted up until this point.
1: I'm just glad that my boy Aaron pulled through and that he didn't buy into Zeke's bullshit. If anyone placed any Vegas bets on Aaron returning to the light, you better cash that shit in right <laughs> now. Like I just... When I saw that, like, I... I remember audibly saying like, "Let's fucking go!" Yeah, like, uh, that just got me so hyped.
0: Let's let's also, you know, give ourselves a little pat on the back here at Strictly Anime. You and I knew the whole time yeah. we've been saying it <laughs> for a while now throughout these special episodes of Attack on Titan reviews and all that. Like we we we've known it. We've had faith, just like Armin, um, in Aaron. So I'm glad that we came out correct. And, and props to Brian from TV Trivia Pod as well. He was on uh, Team Aaron. Um, as we were talking in our last episode, so we were right. We knew it. We called it. <laughs> High fives.
1: And I love that. As soon like Zeke tells Aaron to tell Emir to euthanize the Eldian people, and Aaron repeats that order. Like he says, "Euthanize the Eldian people." Think and you think it's him giving the command, but then he follows it up saying, "Like, why would I believe in shit like that?" <laughs> it's like, oh, that was just a massive slap to the face. Uh, for Zeke and I, I loved it. And I want to say this is a stupid tell, but the third major tell that I knew Aaron's intentions were good is his hairdo, <laughs> his Maybelline hair. He's it's no longer in that bun; it's just flowing downwards. It's free. Yeah, it's it's free, free flowing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I have to say the the way they drew Aaron's face in the paths. Um, sequence in this episode he looked kind of weird i don't know if it's just because his hair is down but certain Mm. shots i was like he looks kind of odd he didn't look bad like the animation wasn't bad it was just the way they they made his face look was a bit off to me i don't know if i'm the only one that thought that but i was kind of like why is he he's kind of hard on the eyes in some of those shots
1: yeah i don't know if it's because typically you see hair falling when it's down it's you see the hair falling in front of his face this time it's parted kind of like uh valentine in cowboy bebop yeah like it's not in front of his face anymore like you have a clear shot
0: i don't know just the way he was drawn in certain shots i was kind of like ooh, that that looks odd to me like he had a lot of like chin and cheeks going on i don't know it was it was odd i could just be the only one that thinks that but uh yeah i just wanted to point that out um i really 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 find it interesting that Zeke um, has been pretty damn convinced by Aaron, but I, I, he was clearly not fully convinced by Aaron because even in the final moments here, when they are so close to "quote unquote" reaching the goal, he is still testing Aaron
1: mm-hmm.
0: by, you know, making up the chains and the the story about him not being able to to do anything because he's bound by the the renunciation of war. Um, he he still had that inkling feeling that Aaron was fucking with him. And then we get the reveal that Aaron was- It was me, Dio. <laughs> where Aaron was <laughs> was trying to bait Zeke, but then Zeke was baiting Aaron in his bait. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it, it's it's just the Uno reverse card that was being used here. <laughs> yeah, he
0: reversed the Uno reverse card and- uh, yeah, it's anime
1: scheming know. at its finest. It was. And one of them. Top 10 <laughs> betrayals <Yeah. laughs> in anime.
0: <laughs> oh, man. And then, I don't know, Zeke dumps a bunch of like exposition and monologues about Emir, And I-, I was surprised that she's kind of just like an empty shell. Like, even her eyes are just empty. Um, I figured we were going to get some dialogue from Emir, But yeah, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to be the case.
1: Which is weird because he says that Emir is a slave to the royal bloodline. But she is the royal bloodline; everything descended from her. Like she is a Fritz.
0: Maybe because Ymir she's fritz. been there so long, she's just like zoned the fuck out.
1: Mm, maybe. And I did
0: notice that that when Zeke was explaining all this to Aaron, Aaron the only time Aaron really responded was when he he repeated the fact that Ymir is a a slave, that she's not free to do as she chooses. Yeah, in this it harkens realm.
1: back to what Aaron was telling Mika. So.
0: Yeah, that, and I think that Aaron just wants freedom for the Eldians, and mm-hmm. I think maybe this is him signaling he has pity for Emir because she's she's a slave. Like she, he probably assumed she controls all of this, but at the end of the day, she controls nothing. Um, and I, I think I think freedom is Aaron's ultimate goal. What what that freedom looks like or who it's for that's what's left up in the air. But freedom mm-hmm. is clearly just what he wants, and it's like. The end of season three, when they reached the the ocean and everyone was excited to see a, a beach for the first time, and he just pointed across the water and said, "If we kill all those people, we will finally be free." Or, or will, will we finally will be we free. finally be free? Um, we also get the return of the "I was born in this world" line, um, mm-hmm. which we talked about extensively in uh, our review series for part one of the final season, particularly in the Declaration of War episode, I believe, which is the one where Willie Tiber was like. Doing his play shit and underground, Aaron was explaining that he was born in this world to Reiner. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that's that's coming back into play, and I love that he said that because that is yet again reminding us that Aaron is still the same Aaron we've always known. He's just a lot more brooding and moody than he was before.
1: But he's still a special little boy, as his his mom complimented on. Back in season three. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot he of people the, <laughs> He will change the world.
0: <laughs> um so yeah, I, I just I I'm excited to get more clarity on what the fuck is happening in Paths and what like the deeper meaning behind what Zeke is, is explaining to Aaron because at, at face value, like sure it's enough, but this is this is Attack on Titan we're talking about. There's more to it than just what Zeke is sharing.
1: And we get a taste of that in the preview for episode seventy-nine, don't we?
0: Holy shit. Let's talk about that. Yes. Um <laughs> it's called Memories of the Future. What an
1: abstractly poetic title.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um we get quick shots of like the the main trio as kids. Um and uh I think Aaron and Zeke outside of Paths. I don't know if it's in like a memory sequence or if like they are back in the real world. I have no fucking idea. We'll find out next week. But uh, I am very intrigued by what we saw in the preview.
1: This looks like Attack on Time Travel. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know there were theories floating around about of uh, certain characters having hidden appearances in previous episodes. I think you mentioned this to me.
0: Yeah, so I guess this could be a slight spoiler, although technically it's not because it did appear in the anime and anything mm-hmm. that appeared in the anime is fair game. Um so if you want to skip ahead just a little bit, go ahead, but um there was a tweet that went around right around the time that part 1 of the final season wrapped up where someone rewatched I, I don't know if it was season one or season two, I think it was season one, Yeah. and it was a shot of the main trio as kids kind of running through the town, and if you look in the background, there's a, a person just kind of standing there watching them that literally looks like Moody Aaron. Like, same mm-hmm. outfit, same hair. You don't, it's not, it's far enough away where you don't get details of the face. Like, there's a little bit of detail there, but not enough to feel confident that it's Aaron, but I mean, it's, like, identical, to Aaron yeah. um, and again this is Attack on Titan like they've been planting seeds since the very first episode about what's going to be happening in this show so I'm curious to know if that particular shot comes back because um, I know I know MAPPA has used or uh, reused a couple of WIT Studio shots in some of their flashbacks which I appreciate I'm glad they didn't try to redraw stuff like they, they're staying true and acknowledging the work that WIT Studio put into this anime mm-hmm. um, but I'm wondering if we'll get that shot kind of coming full circle maybe in the next episode or two
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see if this is a flashback or if it's time travel like again the the preview is just very ambiguous about this point um i'm thinking it might be like uh a christmas carol rules where like scrooge is transported back in time <laughs> um and just sees all the stuff that turned him into a shitty person i don't know. Or it could be actual time travel because I feel like this might give us closure on why Kruger, uh, the owl from season three, um, from that flashback memory, or the previous wielder of the Attack Titan before Grisha had the uncanny ability to see into the future. Because I think we mentioned this in the previous Attack on Titan uh, podcast episode, he mentions Mikasa and Armin by name and that's to Grisha
0: before they were even born
1: yeah and so that's still a dangling thread and I feel like with episode 79 that might what happens in this episode might provide us a little bit more clarity on this ability
0: yeah um yeah I'm so stoked like I was really excited for this episode when I saw the title two brothers and with good reason because it's it's a fucking bomb of an episode but I feel like I'm slightly more hyped for the next one because of all of the answers that we'll get. Mm-hmm. Like this one was exciting because you knew you were going to get some progression of the story if it's called Two Brothers and the whole the whole plot of the final season is getting these two brothers to activate the Founding Titan power. Here we're going to get hopefully questions answered that have been lingering for seasons and seasons in Attack on Titan. Um, but if you're curious to see that tweet or that that shot of what looks like um, Moody Aaron appearing in season one um, in the background. We'll also post that in the Discord server. Um, We'll probably spoiler tag that one just in case, but uh, we'll post it there um, in case you want to see what that looks like.
1: And I want to say my anticipation for next week's episode is, is a lot higher than just waiting for part two of the final season as a whole. Like when we had to wait from the part one cliffhanger into part two, like I think, my excitement for next episode is is higher than that
0: <laughs> yeah it's i'm just ready for answers and and if they answer that question about what the fuck was the owl saying what did he mean by you know i i know of mika son arming tell aaron to take good care of them whatever the fuck he said um once we get that clarity the only question left that's been open-ended is what the fuck is annie doing what is she yeah, doing, yeah, and when too. will she get out of her crystal? <laughs> well,
1: also like, what the fuck is Aaron's plan? I with think with are, Annie? No, just oh, in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think those true. are yeah the two questions that I have remaining.
0: Okay, so the the big three questions of this the show here at Strictly Anime. One, what did the owl mean when he named Mikasa and Armin before they were even born? Two, what the fuck is Annie doing, and <laughs> when is she gonna come out of that crystal? And side note, are her is Armin gonna confess his feelings to her? <laughs> yeah, her, her, had a PTO, crush?
1: her PTO is up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's had a crush on her for like seasons and seasons. Um, and three, yes, what the fuck is Aaron's big master plan, which we know is not aligned to what Zeke wants to do. Um, so yeah, we're we're getting some closure here, people. I I I believe in Isayama that he's gonna bring all of these threads together into a nice little bow because the guy is a master of writing
1: and so that brings us to our final thoughts for attack on titan the final season episode 78 two brothers so how many head shots of jaeger out of 10 would you give this pivotal episode
0: 10 out of 10. I mean, immediately 10 out of 10. Phenomenal episode, um, incredibly well done, insanely intense, everything that we've talked about. I just, I question, how does anime get better than this? And I know this is a question that a lot of people have. Um, you know, again, could this be what finally bumps Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood out of that number one spot? Um. And and you look back on Code Geass, which came out in two thousand six, and you kind of have that same reaction or had that same reaction to Code Geass, like how does it get any better than this? But you know, Attack on Titan comes along and shows us how. But really, the the scale of epicness that we have between Code Geass and Attack on Titan, like admittedly, is very different. I mean, Attack Mm -hmm. on Titan just steamrolls over Code Geass um, when it comes to you know really making anime history. So. I legitimately question, you know, how can anime get better than this? Like this episode just blew me away um, and it it gives me high hopes for the remainder of the story. What about you?
1: Same. This was a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. Like talk about an episode that continuously raised the stakes over the course of just 24 minutes. And Attack on Titan has its share of epic moments, we listed out all of those episodes in IMDb's top 10 rated episodes in TV, but this episode in particular just left me shook. We got resolution with Aaron's true intentions, we explored that dynamic of the relationship between the Jaeger brothers in comparison to the other two sibling relationships in this episode, and now we just have this anticipation of what comes next in either Zeke or Aaron's respective plans to save humanity, along with just these terrific shock and awe moments peppered throughout this episode, intertwined with the, the plot that involves the Jaeger brothers, that they just sit with you long after the scene is over. And this was just such an exhilarating episode to watch. And I thought, like, the previous episode, we, we rated it, I think, a nine across the board between the three of us but this episode is attack on titan at just one of its finest and you love to see it
0: yeah deep breaths we can make it we can we can survive the heart attacks that are awaiting us with the next several episodes i'm ready i'm ready for some heart attacks
1: yeah like what is this oh here i could do my math again we just watched three episodes so there's nine episodes left wait
0: you said eight before isn't episode four
1: is this a, this is episode three? three? Okay, oh, so <laughs> we were wrong
0: earlier, guys. Math is hard. Okay, hold on. Let me just <laughs>
1: clarify. Yes, this is episode three of part two. So there are nine episodes left. It
0: feels like there's been an extra week that passed yeah. because of how like intense this is. But uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it's just gonna be so crazy to see where the story goes from here and the closure that we'll get as it continues.
0: We can do this. Oh, my God. But, yeah, thank you for joining us yet again for an Attack on Titan special episode. We hope that you'll continue to join us every single week. We also hope that you'll join our Discord server because we want to talk to you guys about Attack on Titan, about anime in general, but especially about Attack on Titan. Um, The reason we started the Discord server is because one of the the best moments that we experience as quote unquote podcasters. I I don't know. I feel weird calling ourselves that, but it's when, you know, you guys as our listeners reach out to us and want to share your thoughts on anime or recommend something to us or, you know, correct our, our flubs about Levi's backstory. (laughs) And we, we want to be more accessible to you guys and have more in-depth discussions. So yes, please join our discord server um, and uh, talk all about attack on Titan with us. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, you can keep moving forward with us in the Discord and also (laughs) use the slew of anime emojis that we have courtesy of Courtney's hard work.
0: Yes, we're still (laughs) accepting emoji ideas. Um, I've gotten, I think, like 25 of them up there, but now I'm starting to hit a roadblock. We have a couple of Attack on Titan ones, um, especially from part two of the final season. (laughs) Pretty good ones (laughs) if you want to go check those out. And again, we will post um, all of the screenshots and moments that we mentioned in this episode in the attack on titan channel on our discord server and with that that wraps up this special episode of strictly anime if you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show then head over to patreon.com slash the strictly series and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every monday and when new attack on titan review episodes are released every wednesday Join our Discord to continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com, where you'll find more info on Strictly Jojo, our other podcasts dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. Sasageyo. Shinzo wo